Okay, the date is August 29th, the time, 4.12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And we are back with the fifth installment of the Babysitter's Book Club to talk about Dawn and the Impossible Podcast, uh, which I am excited to get into, even though I thought it was a bit of a a ho-hum installment in the Babysitter's Club oeuvre. And I'm very excited because I am here with a very special guest. What a big get. It is, of course, the great Margaret Carroll. Margaret, how the hell are you? Hi. I'm so good. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Of course. Uh, Hi, Margaret. What's eight times seven? Oh, my gosh. 56? That's, That's right. You got it right, just like Mallory and Don did. Oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) It was a reference to the book. We're off to a tremendous start. Uh, And I'm not even going to be mad at you because the first couple times I tried to call you on Zoom, I actually just got Hurley's Garage. So I think you gave me the wrong number, but uh, we're together now. So that's what's important. Um, Margaret, this is your first time on the podcast. Would you like to introduce yourself to the folks that may or may not be listening to us? Uh, yeah, I'm Margaret. I uh, have known Jeremy for a very long time. And, Too long, um, some might say. Yeah. I, <laughs> and, you know, I think I might have read this book in, you know, my life before. But, oh, is that uh, true? Well, I was a Babysitter's Club, you know, reader. Okay, well, that's my, like, sort of first introductory question is, what is your oh, background well, with the Babysitter's Club? Yeah, please go into that. Yeah, I definitely remember the books, the covers look very familiar to me. Um, I couldn't tell you which Babysitter's Club member was my favorite, which one I identify with, you know, any of that good stuff. Could you tell me just after this one book, which one was your favorite and which one you identified with? um, I'm probably a Dawn, I would think. I mean, I wasn't a very good babysitter. Definitely have stories of not babysitting the children well there are no like safety incidents but just unhappy children <laughs> i was not called back to return to the babysitter. oh no oh uh, well i was gonna save that for later too but how often did you babysit when you were a younger woman um semi-frequently yeah. i had yeah like my parents had some friends that i would babysit for every once in a while and yeah so you Cody would Fifferini from high school weightlifting class do you remember him what, he had two give me the name one more time coach piferini oh coach piferini anyone <laughs> whose name starts with coach no i did not have a good relationship <laughs> i can already tell you that <clears throat> okay and uh, you babysat for this man's children yeah his he packed up the kid kit and got ready to go over there yeah yeah his aggressively named Italian children, Giovanni Pifferini. <laughs> like, what a poor child. Anyways. Um, Should I at uh, Coach Pifferini? Do you think he's on Twitter from the babysitter's <laughs> account? I'm keeping a running total of incidental uh, people that my guests mentioned that I'm going to add on Twitter. <laughs> so I think we're going to put that on the list. <laughs> yeah. And, and you don't think you did a good job with the babysitting. Is that what you're saying? Um. No, I don't think so. I was generally just, like, too nice. So if people wanted to break the rules, they could. But then 
you know, they would do the bad things and then get hurt or whatever. What kind of bad bad things are the kids doing? Oh, I don't know. Watching the shows they're not supposed to. Like what? What kind of shows are they watching? Impossible. Not allowed. Impossible? For a certain age demographic. Oh, boy. Violent. All right. I'm going to, now I know the question. I'm going to send Coach Pifferini on Twitter. (laughs) Why is this show banned? Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I'm sorry to hear that that didn't go very well for you. Yeah, it's all right. (laughs) But you, you feel like you're mostly a Don, which I agree with. Uh, Why do you, why is she the one that stuck out to you? Well, I'm definitely not one of those, like, take charge, I'm going to start my own club and invite people to it. Yeah. Kind of. You're not a Christie. Yeah, definitely not. Yeah. Um, And then, I don't know that I know that much about anybody else, really. We didn't Hmm. talk about anyone except who? Marianne, right? Marianne. Yeah, Mary. It was really the Marianne, Christie, Dawn triangle that made up bulk of this plot. Stacy and Claudia were very incidental characters yeah. in the plot of this book. Marianne was, I don't know, very worried about people's feelings and I, I'm sort of a go with the flow kind of person. <laughs> you if don't you have go a problem, in. Yeah. I may or may not notice, which makes me sound like a very callous person, but yeah. So Don, no, I, I can totally see that. Well, I guess, so you used to read these books, you said, but you don't have much of a memory of the characters. So what was your experience with this, like, canon, this Babysitter's Club experience? How did you get into it, and what do you remember? Oh, I'm sure it was, like, a scholastic book club thing. Sure. You know, all my friends bought one of them, so I had to buy them, too. Um yeah. Or it it could have been also that my brother had read some of them and then I just wanted to do what he did, be like him. Um, Yeah. Your older brother, which is like, I think it's rare. I've said, like, I feel like I was the rare exception of a younger man, a younger boy, really, uh, visiting the series. How did your brother get into it? Do you know about that? Um, No. I couldn't tell you. He just had books and books and books on his shelves. Could we call him? Could we get him on the podcast right now? (laughs) Yeah. But then you picked those up. Yeah. I mean, I read a lot when I was little. So I, I could see me going through the, like the whole series and just calling it like a win in the, in the reading column, you know, I read 8,000 pages this week or whatever. We had those kind of challenges all the time. Yeah. We've talked about that before. (laughs) In third grade, I had an awkward pizza party with Gianna Zappatini uh, (laughs) because we both like read the number you needed. I'd like to get her on the podcast, I think. Yeah, that'd be good. She's probably giving it to people to read as actual curriculum she's like a teacher now yeah Yeah. it's gonna be super creepy when i reach out to her and i'm like we've talked about you on six episodes of the podcast so far gianna please come on my podcast um but so within what do you remember i guess from the series because you said that you went through it but then you say you also don't know very much about the characters so what is it that sticks out to you now as an adult about the babysitter's club um i i just definitely remember it being a very 
kind of wholesome, you know, introduction to reading. Um, <laughs> that and yeah, like the boxcar children. I maybe mentioned that my brother had a lot of those. Nancy Drew, kind of that whole same similar like just like minor crises that become massive problems and you know the whole focal point to to a hundred page book or whatever um did nancy drew ever solve like a murder i feel like nancy drew was dealing with like more significant problems i remember her solving like the mystery of the cat in the tree and Mm. stuff like that but i also haven't read one of those in a very long time, so. Yeah, uh, uh, unlike Claudia Kishi, who loves Nancy Drew, you don't remember much about this. And I will just note, you have like a giant painting or photo of a cat behind you, uh, which is very distracting for me. What, what, can you tell me more about this painting of the cat that is behind Uh, you? Yes, it's a photo, an enlarged photo. I don't know why I can think of the word photo, but yes, that is what it is. That I was gifted. Um, an ex-boyfriend of mine bought me five very, or four very large, it's like two by four foot, um, renderings of my cat. So that one hangs here. And then there's one in my office at work. And then I'm not super sure where the other ones were because I didn't have... It, it would seem excessive and, you know, put me sort of into the crazy cat lady. Uh, <laughs> if, if I start hanging too many of them around my house. He got you five giant paintings of the same cat? Yes. Huh. Correct. All right. You made a good move. Do you, you need any artwork? There. I could provide some to you. Yeah, actually, if you could send me like a photo to put on our Twitter... That would be great, which I still haven't launched yet. But I think the listeners are really going to want to see what we're looking at what here. We're discussing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's actually a pretty good photo. I'm proud of it. It, it that looks one came out pretty well. The other ones are kind of blurry. And it weird. Rem, it really reminds cool. me very much of like Parks and Rec, where Ron Swanson has the woman with the breakfast food, where it's a little bit like clip arty, but he's like, "Oh, this is what I want." So, uh, so, you know, teach their own. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's get back to <laughs> the Babysitter's Club. Uh, well, so what did you think of this book, going back and rereading this as a, uh, a more mature female? Yes, I think it's mistitled, but... It's completely mistitled, and I can't wait <laughs> to talk about that. Um, yeah, I... It was... It was a lot darker in the end than, than I was expecting. Um, yeah, it, it sort of wavered between like very juvenile, like in the, in the notes where they were writing the details of their babysitting, you know, adventures, there were all these misspellings. And I was thinking, I thought you were in like seventh grade. Are you actually in third grade? I didn't understand. Zing how people, I don't know, maybe people spell things wrong in seventh grade. I don't know. But so it was like that next to a kidnapping of a boy and we're calling the police. And I was thinking like, if I had babysat for someone and the child had run away, that would, I would have died. Like 
Don was very professional about it, but I would not have been able to handle it. Yeah. Coach Pifferini's kids, they really would have uh, frustrated you. Um, Yeah, I completely agree. And I feel like the title, yeah, let's start with the title, Don and the Impossible Three. So I guess the Impossible Three are supposed to refer to the three Barrett children, right? Uh, Buddy, Marnie, and Susie with a Z which I don't care for. Um, <laughs> but, and, but she, within a page, she has tamed them. Like, mm-hmm. she shows up at their house. They seem like a little bit of a mess. And, she, and she's like, okay, uh, no guns. And we're going to, like, play the cleanup game. Let's clean the house. And yeah. they're, they're immediately into it. So I kept thinking, like, when are they gonna turn? When when's the you know switch gonna happen? And they're suddenly yeah. devil children. But yeah, it never never came. Yeah, and it's really I like to, I usually like to save this for the end. But can I ask what version of the book did you read? Do you have the original or do you have the like expanded edition that they like read? Okay, you have the original, but it's still the same cover art. It looks like where Dawn is like theatrically oh. folding her arms or I have her like theatrically putting her hands on her head. She's like um, annoyed on my cover. She's yeah. Like, she's, yeah. Same where she's like, Oh, how am I going to deal with these kids? Your house is a lot messier on, on that cover. Well, let's too. stick to the babysitter's club books, Margaret. No need for personal attacks. Yeah. On the podcast. <laughs> yeah. I kept thinking, wow, she, they're describing some catastrophe of a home, but there's like one plate on the, yeah, the they did a better job, and again, I usually save this for the end. They did a better job, I think, in the revision of making the house look messy and yeah. also incorporating Powell the dog chewing on a shoe. Yeah. Which appears to be a large man's loafer. I'm not sure why Mrs. Barrett would have that in her, in her home. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, it, it seems like she really solves this plot of the Barrett family. Let's talk a little bit about the Barrett family. What did you think about, about them and their dynamic? Um, oh, well, I just felt very sad for the kids. Sure. They, um, I mean, their mother was just portrayed as always beautiful, always put together. And I just kept thinking, like, why can you spend so much time on your hair and not with your children? Sure. She's also, when they said she was 33, I died a little bit inside because <laughs> I'm now on that side of the... Do you have three of, children yet? I do not. I was and more... And a divorce. I was a little more responsible than Mrs. Barrett. Um, but you, just the fact that, like, you know, you read these books and you're conditioned to think of these parents as, like, these elderly people. Because, like, mm-hmm. I'm young, and then it's like, I'm closer in age to Mrs. Barrett than I am to Dawn. Yeah, and I feel like this was really... The book that drove that home for me. Yeah, when you read it at 12 or whatever, 33 is miles away. <laughs> wow, yeah. she's so old. And then you're sitting in, you know, one day, yada, 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 you're sitting in the second bedroom drinking wine at 4.30 on a Saturday, recording a <laughs> podcast about the Babysitter's Club and where is your life gone? Um, yeah, so Mrs. Barrett, she's always beautiful, can't really find a job. Uh, it seems to be her problem. Neither can Don's mother. They should really have teamed up, I thought, in this book. Um, yeah. But then, uh, Let's talk uh, about Don's mother later. I was very interested in oh, her. Oh, uh, do you want to talk about it right now? What about Don's mother did you have to say? Oh, well, we were talking about the Barrett's. I didn't want to sidetrack you. That's but okay. There's no rhyme or reason to any of this. Don is like the mother of 
that house. I didn't, there were all these like sort of derogatory things said about her mother, how she can't ever match her earrings and she never provides them, you know, with a clean house or whatever. There's stuff all over the place. Um, but then she would sort of end the, the paragraph with, you know, but I love her, but she's great. Like, yeah. And you would think it wouldn't be such a big deal, but there is that specific moment where Don is like, oh yeah, my mom's great, but my dad just like couldn't handle her day to day. Like, oh, what was this relationship like originally that like being messy is such a deal breaker for Mr. Shaver? Yeah. Well, and she's very aware for being, they're 12, right? They are 12, yes. Yeah, I mean, I, we've had conversations about our parents and all these, like, realizations that we started having. Sure. It was, like, once I was, you know, in college or something, I wasn't thinking about my parents and their, like, personal interactions and their personal lives at that level when I was 12, but I don't know. Yeah, and it, when they're, like, throwing the bar, the picnic for some reason... And Don is just like, let's completely change everything. 12-year-old Don, like, drive to the store and buy a grill. Mm-hmm. Like, I never would have, like, when I was 12, I would have been, you know, have fun at your picnic. I'm not going to be there, mom. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, and my mom wasn't going to take my suggestion. I mean, we drove <laughs> through the grocery store all the time. And, hey, can we get that? Can we get that? No, stop. Sit in the cart. <laughs> Sit in the Stop cart when you were twelve. <laughs> Well, yeah, maybe I was walking at 12, but... Yeah. What were the things that you wanted in the grocery store when you were 12? Uh, probably those pep, pep, Pepridge Farms. What is that brand? That's... Milano right. cookies. Yeah, yeah. Those are yeah. expensive, though. I'm I know. Well, that's one. why my mom didn't let me get them. Betsy Carroll, right? Correct, yes. Yeah. Do you think I could get her for the podcast? <laughs> uh yeah she she wouldn't know what you were doing or why but (laughs) neither do i she'd fit right in (laughs) (laughs) she'd participate if you asked her yeah your mom's a delight i'm gonna put her on my list because i think she'd be great (laughs) i'm writing that down right under coach pifferini (laughs) on twitter yeah uh yeah totally agree that this is very much a fantasy of, like, a 12-year-old, like, influencing policy around their home, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's go back to the Barretts. So we talked a little bit about Mrs. Barrett. We have not got into her psychopath ex-husband's ham at all. Um, But I guess I will save him a little bit for the end. But she's got these three kids, Buddy, Susie, and Marnie. Um, I think one of the things the Babysitter's Club series does is it really promises you drama that it doesn't always deliver and I felt like with Buddy this sort of like whirlwind child who's wearing a cowboy hat and swim flippers when we first meet him I was I was like yeah settle in here we go this is gonna be a great book when Don Don versus Buddy but he was immediately sort of neutered uh like no guns uh let's clean up Buddy's Buddy's right there. And then I found Susie and Marnie largely unremarkable. What did you think about the Barrett children? Yeah, definitely. Even when when Marianne babysits them the one time. Yeah. And she's telling this tale of it's supposed to be some horrible babysitting experience. And then 
nothing, even when they were at their worst, nothing really happened. It seemed differently than when Dawn was watching them. So yeah, yeah, lots of, I, I kept expecting them to, yeah, definitely Buddy. I mean, I guess Marnie is, doesn't do anything as a small baby. He makes um, the ham face. Yeah, that. Can I, Margaret, can I see your ham face on the video, <laughs> which we will never release? I think it's like, I thought it was like scrunched. I thought it was like. Oh. But you made your face wider. Yeah, I, I thought it was like a very happy, like. Uh, like a, like she's being a ham, like. Well, no, I thought it was related to their dad. Like, I thought that was why... Oh, my God. You when just blew my mind. <laughs> when they first introduced him by name, that's the first thing I thought of. Because I couldn't figure out what a ham face of meant. Of course. How did I not see this sooner? Oh, my God. We can end the podcast here. This you just <laughs> solved, like, a decades-old mystery for me. Of course that's why it's the ham face. <laughs> okay, sorry. Keep going. I'm just... Uh, I'm besides myself. Keep going. Well, yeah, I... I just didn't know. Yeah. But connected to him, like if she only did it for him because she was only happy in his care or something, I don't know. It makes the story so much more poignant. Like I wish I'd realized that before, that the face that the baby makes when she's happy is named for their father. Mm -hmm. Like, wow. Oh my God. Yeah, there aren't a lot of strong female characters in this. I mean, besides the babysitters themselves. Yeah. That is, like, a little bit disappointing to me. Mrs. Barrett's a bit of a mess. Uh, Mrs. Pike, I thought, really came in in the clutch. Oh, yeah. When everything was going down later. She, yeah, she was the the goal mother, I guess. All the other ones strive to be a Mrs. Pike, maybe. Uh, I don't know. She's, like, eight kids. <laughs> well, and they don't in terms seem of the requirements that a basic mother should have in the babysitters club which is leave a number to call in an emergency and tell me if your child has a deathly food allergy which she covered those so i guess we're winning yeah so one of the things that i've and one of my goals as i move into episode five of this podcast and try to be a better first time podcaster is to stop recapping previous podcast episodes to my current (laughs) guests because i'm sure if you're listening to it it's very annoying but one of the things that we've talked about is just like how there's such the babysitters club especially christy they have such a fetish for babysitting like they love it, it takes on such a such an incredible significance in their life, like yeah. being a good babysitter. And in my reading, as now closer to Mrs. Barrett's age, there's such a disconnect or the parents just seem to want to like GTFO. Like, yeah, take my kids for a couple hours. Don't bother me with this. Like, I really don't care if they like you or not. I just want to like get some time to myself. Um, and I thought this was a really interesting way that those two things are being put into conversation here where mrs barrett is trying to escape this like hellhole of a house she's created for herself and like not even worried about uh, give her chocolate don't give her chocolate what do i care so yeah. i don't know well yeah you mentioned that she couldn't really get a job but half the babysitting like events or whatever are because she went shopping at the mall or went she goes to some, gr- like yeah self-improvement <laughs> 
She goes to Greenvale, the like kitschy town that Dawn, the 12 year old, describes as a tourist trap. Um, but she wants to go shopping there for the whole afternoon. And yeah, she doesn't even know. She just got there. She just moved there from California. That's a great point. Who told her about Greenville? Um, and yeah, she goes to like an all day job seminar, which sounds like the biggest scam I've ever heard. Like, I'm sure they tried to MLM recruit her in that, in that job seminar. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever, uh, choices. Have you ever run into a, like, a multi-level marketing scam? Has anyone tried to get you involved in that? Um, well, yeah, like, Roden and Fee, everyone in the world that I'm friends with. I don't know that that's technically fall, falls under that category, but it definitely feels like it. I think the place that we are from, which is a rural Northern California town, I think we are susceptible, like, our demographic to these kinds of things. And that's just what I was thinking of. Like, they're going to try to get her to sell, like, uh, beauty supplies to everyone else in Stony Brook. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if they had that in the 80s. I'm not sure. That was probably when it started, and then no one knew to be afraid of it yet. I think if you could convince Christy to, it has something to do with babysitting, she would, like, whole hog go in. Like, these are babysitting products we sell. Like, Christy yeah. would be, like, all over it. Yeah. They they definitely sort of have blinders on when it comes to anything babysitting related. Yeah. I mean, they were declaring, you know, their life would be over without the Babysitters Club. If cr- no, no, more not, Chris, no more club, I wrote that down. Yeah, sorry. Yes. You. That's not good. Uh, no. Yeah. That was, yeah, a little bit intense for me. <laughs> I never had a devotion to a club like that, but, and yeah, then when she goes across, she's all worried about Christy. I mean, she's all worried about um, moving across town and, and how she's going to have the meeting and she's going to pay, but it's too much to pay cab fare. So maybe it's not that important. I don't know. Where does. He's going to pay Charlie to like drive her to the meeting. Yeah. Um, And I've said before. Friends dollar. Yeah, one of my favorite things, probably my favorite thing to track in the Babysitter's Club series is the bureaucracy of the club. So I was very excited, like, early on, where Christy is just like, it's Tuesday, everybody, like, 50 cents, and they all have to pay up. And then later in the book, when she's like, oh, we're just going to raise the dues. They're going to be higher so that I can, like, pay Charlie every day. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It was just automatically, like, put into action. (laughs) It's a bit of a, uh, uh, what's it called when it's, like, a, it's not like a dictatorship. Well, a little Um, bit. A little bit, yeah. Huh. I wonder if there's, like, a political science uh, examination of the Babysitter's Club you could do (laughs) in terms of the organization of their club. I felt a little bit bad for Dawn because she's the only one who doesn't actually have a job. She's just, and she had to be like inducted into her. When you say she doesn't have a job, you mean like a position? Yeah. She's not the president of the club or she's the alternate officer, which to me is nothing, (laughs) but there was a whole, you know, thing about her being given that. And it was such a, a great day for her because she was inducted into this alternate officer position but 
What does that do? Nothing. You have no job done. <laughs> I think they're in a rough spot because these four girls like made the club by themselves. Like, oh, what four offices do we have? President, vice president, secretary, treasurer. And then I think like when you add a fifth person, it's like, oh, what do we, what do we give this person? She could be like the party planner or the... Party planner? I don't know. Give her some job. She did plan that barbecue picnic pretty well. Interior decorator when they have a real office. No, don't say that. Christy's going to get mad at you if you say that Dawn is the interior decorator. So I, you, have you read all of them previously? I have read all of them previously, yes. So how many of them have... Is it just the first four have the four and then five and on? There's like 150 of them, right? There's so many books. Aren't there a <laughs> ton? Well, so yes, there are about 150 of the regular series. Then you have the Babysitter's Club Mysteries, which there's about 100 of those. Yeah, everyone always gets really excited when I'm like, oh, there's a mystery series. Everyone's like, well, why didn't you have me on to talk about the mystery? It's like, okay, we're not there yet. They haven't started it yet. So when we get there, I'll invite you back. But there's like a hundred mysteries. Um, there are their super specials. There's like oh yeah, they go. I I was reading about that in the back of the book where you can order yes new <laughs> copies. Did you order I'm any? Tempted, I'm tempted to send it in and see if they <laughs> give me add two dollars to cover shipping and handling. Probably not. <laughs> it's only two ninety five. Yeah, what super Anyways. special caught your eye? Uh, yeah, just the island adventure. And I was thinking, man, these parents are so nice to have their children, pay for their children to go on some fancy vacation when they're so young. Yeah, well, I will keep you posted. I do believe that the first super special is actually, because I'm trying to do them chronologically. I do believe the first super special is in the next like 10 or 15 books. Um, and I'm trying to get my cousin Jen, who I inherited all these books from, to be the first super special guest. But uh, I can put you on the list for another super special. Okay. I don't remember where we were going with this, that there's 150 of them. Oh, are there... I was just asking how many of them have five or more of, of the original, like, members, if they ever change. Yeah, I think Dawn, actually, they do make use of this alternate officer thing. Where it'll be like, oh, Stacy went back to New York for a month. Like, Dawn is the new treasurer. Uh, like, Christy is uh, running a baseball team. Dawn is the new president. Which is, <laughs> like, pretty crazy that she just fills in for any other office. She can become the acting president, even mm-hmm. ahead of the vice president, Claudia Kishi. But I guess that's something to, to keep an eye on as the series progresses. But it's always five. They never induct any more members. Uh, no, incorrect. We're going to get, uh, and this was like very heavily foreshadowed, uh, Mallory Pike is going to join them oh. uh, shortly. And then her friend Jesse. But they're like younger, so they're like junior officers, I think is their mm-hmm. title. Because um, you, don't, you don't really trust them with kids the same way. And uh, Abby, I think, joins in like 100 books. And then she might actually take over for somebody because somebody moves away. I don't know. I got to go through these books again. So it does go through, like, they do they go to high school and... No, they're going to be in middle school forever. Which oh, okay. I think is interesting because we've already gone through an entire calendar year almost in five books. So yeah. I'd like to track how many times we uh, go through the calendar year 
I think they turn 13 at some point, but I think that's it. I think they never get older than 13. <laughs> Just a Groundhog Day situation. I know Dawn moves back to California and she has like a, like a darker series of like young adult novels. Oh where, my. Like, Sonny Winslow, who is mentioned in this book, like yes. has like an eating disorder and like oh, one dear. of her friends like cuts herself. So it gets like very like serious for that series of like Dawn spinoffs. But that's, that's, that's a long time from now. Sorry. Yeah. I'm derailing here. No, I, yeah, we want to go wherever you want to go. So yes, we've talked about the Barretts. We figured this out. Do you want to touch on like what a psychopath uh, her ex-husband is? Ham uh, Barrett? I really, the ham face, I still can't believe I didn't figure that out. Uh, He just steals Buddy. Yeah. I don't know. And his explanation was pretty weak, too. Like, I thought it would be just a fun joke to teach her a lesson. But... But I was thinking in the 80s, yeah, that's it was probably not a big deal to abduct children. <laughs> or like there wasn't. <laughs> okay, the views of Margaret do not reflect the views of the podcast. <laughs> there wasn't so much like, I don't know, emphasis or... I, when did like children on the milk cartons start? Probably I, about that, that time. I right? would guess, I would guess earlier. That trend, maybe. <laughs> I think this happened earlier than the 1980s. Wasn't that like a 60s thing? I have no idea. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. He just seems like a real, like, psycho. Like, oh, I just I, thought I'd pick up my I kid. I think that Mrs. Barrett seemed like the crazier one, though. Because he was just calling to say hello or driving by. And she, her reactions to him were just so insane. Like, she no him. one talked to him stop hang up the phone like yeah i believe women margaret so i don't know i'm having a hard time with this no she does she hates me too i want she hates him she hates him and then they write them like insane people (laughs) yeah it is strange that mrs barrett is like they do emphasize like how beautiful and how put together she is and then in contrast to her messy home so i wonder if there is some like there are some interesting gender ideas going on in this like lady these book like oh you can look nice but your house can't like what's wrong with you you should yeah women haven't gotten all the way into the the job market and figuring out how to be a professional yeah they can go to all day seminars i guess but i don't know yeah no but uh yeah it is really and i and i will confess like so as we've said it's it's sort of like a ho-hum plot where uh, like the kids in- immediately are like awful. Uh, Buddy is like shooting a fake gun at Dawn. Dawn's way ahead of her time. She's like, no guns. I don't like that. Uh, yeah. Abolish all guns. Upbringing. Yeah, uh, she's from California. What are you going to do? Um, and just as we move on, the problem just becomes the kids like her too much. And like Mrs. Barrett over relies on her. So it's really not Dawn and the Impossible Three. It's like Dawn and the emotionally abusive, like, babysitting, uh, <laughs> like, uh, charge, or whatever you call them, client, I guess. Um, yeah, so I, I was sort of disappointed by that. And then it, it, it culminates in this moment where she, well, she does let Buddy leave the house by himself, which I thought was a curious decision. 
where Don is like, oh, it's it's not raining, buddy. You go outside. I'm going to go upstairs and like change the little girls forever. And then like Buddy's gone. Of course, of course. Um, yeah, and I and I and I will confess that I like initially when I was reading this, I was like, oh, this is really exciting. Like I didn't obviously didn't remember what happened. Like, oh, this is so exciting. What's gonna happen? Who kidnapped this kid in Stony Brook? And then like the next chapter, I was like, oh, of course, of course, it's his his father because that removes a lot of the drama from like yeah. some crazy person, but. Uh, and then yeah, they solve it, and then it's fine. Yeah, those like thing. twenty pages, or maybe not even that many. That was like the most exciting. I was definitely. I was stoked. I wrote "Someone kidnapped Buddy" all in caps in my notes <laughs> because I thought this was going to be like a fun. I'd forgot how it ended, and then like two sentences into the next uh, chapter, they're like, "Oh, it was probably his his dad." Well, yeah, yeah. I guess. I guess yeah, except well. I don't know. Buddy was calling, making payphone calls from the gas station. That like was it exciting. Was very, it was very too, uh, you know, the what, whatever kidnapping trope or whatever. But yeah, it it was what, very exciting for a very short period of time. Yes. What kidnapping trope are you thinking of? Just like all the things that happen, you're stolen in a car, and the the person who's kidnapped makes a call, and but they're cut off halfway through their explaining of where they are and what their car looks like and who they're with all of that yeah no huh. not a trope anyway uh, i guess it's a trope i guess it's a trope did i tell you i'm watching fringe with uh, jillian just as a quick aside yes you did and she it, loves it she loves it that's so great yeah I we're like half... jillian is the best person alive well she's okay we're like halfway through season two it's very exciting it's so exciting yeah fringe is a good show i think people should revisit it more yeah so good. Okay. Well, <laughs> that's the Barrett's. That's the impossible three. I feel like if we were going to put a B plot on the book, I guess it's the Christy Dawn drama, but that is also resolved immediately, like halfway through, mm-hmm. where uh, Dawn is palling around with Marianne. They're going to redecorate her room. Christy's mad because Marianne's her best friend. I did feel like that was very true to life in terms of like when you're in middle school, like someone talks to your, I wouldn't know. I've never had a friend, but like when someone talks to your friend, and then the other person gets jealous. Yeah. The you think? That wasn't true to life was the resolving of it in, you know, five seconds after you figured out like her being very aware of like self-aware that, you know, this is the situation that I came into, what I'm doing to this, these two friends. And then also being very in touch with what Christie's like, you know, anger and whatever snappy comments and all that back to her is actually jealousy. All of that. She's a very like emotionally mature person because at 12, if I had a friend who, you know, had another friend, we were all just mean to each other until someone decided not to be friends with us anymore. Or maybe more likely we were like mean. And then that's what like middle school girls are all just bitches to each other. Oh, sorry. Can I say that? on You can say whatever you want. Yeah. We don't edit. So do you want to say whatever you want? (laughs) Yeah. Well, anyways, everyone is mean to everybody in middle school. So the fact that it's resolved, that was like the unbelievable part to me. Well, yeah, that's interesting. And I think, I think if you had read this book in order as I've been doing, um, the last two books 
were really just like everyone being horrible to one another. Like I believe in the last book, I can't remember the order, which is weird because I just recorded these. The last book I think is the Marianne Saves the Day where the club basically implodes and everyone is yelling at everyone. And I'm like, Marianne, you're like a stupid crybaby. No one likes you. Like, Claudia, you're a job hog. Christy, you're bossy. And they're all just, like, horrible to each other. And then they come back together. So um, I see what you mean about realism. I think a lot of this podcast and this Babysitter's Club journey is going to be about debating, the no- like, the merits of realism versus idealism in terms of, like, Don presented, like, a very positive role model. I think in this book, mm-hmm. we haven't necessarily seen even from the protagonists of previous books. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that? Well, yeah, I think it, she's definitely, I mean, well, that's what we were talking about before too. Like with her, her interactions with all of the adults, she's right. like the adult in the room, no matter who is actually there. And um, yeah, all of the problem solving that she does there's much more sort of extreme situations than just basic babysitter problem solving. Yeah. So she's, she's definitely not, I don't think a like a real portrayal of a 12 year old, but yeah, maybe it's, it's what the ideal 12 year old should be is. I don't know. I thought it was, I thought it was nice from like a young adult book perspective that Don was like, Oh, let me, like model good behavior and like hey christy like let me reach out and like let me bond with you over jumping around in the hay in the barn (laughs) um but like at the same time i was waiting narratively for there to be like a second conflict or like another misunderstanding or then marianne is like you had christy over and not me like now i'm mad at you because they they solve it in the first like third of the book and then there, there's no problem so I thought that was very strange yeah well they had to make room for the her moving and being sad about that it was mostly just Christy being sad about something all book long about her mom getting remarried to Watson Brewer yeah yeah there was a lot of like a lot of heavy themes here the remarriage yeah. uh buddies worried about the divorce or like Don has to explain what divorce is to them. David Michael mm-hmm. is worried about moving into the brewer house. Yeah. That's yeah. It was, there were a lot of very heavy things, I think. And yeah. then it culminated, it was sort of a touch on them in, in each of those instances. And then it culminated in, and now buddy is kidnapped and this is like a crime book. yeah maybe the first mystery (laughs) yeah yeah uh so all this to say like i i thought these were a lot of interesting character scenes and a lot of interesting insight into the babysitter's club and this like realism versus idealism thing but yeah not a ton happens like it's very sort of like uh just a lot of different um like portraits of like now this is happening now this is mm-hmm. happening now there's a meditation on uh divorce and moving yeah i don't know yeah yeah and <laughs> um when they have the picnic and mrs uh 
or Don's mom. What's Don's last name? Sorry. Uh, Schaefer, Mrs. Schaefer. I yeah, think it's her, Ms. Schaefer now. They invite She's her. She's trying to get with Mr. Spear and that lawyer money these days. Yeah, and they invite her grand, Don's grandparents over, and they're, like, doing an assessment of this guy at the picnic. That was all very odd to me. But it was sort of just a brief little, like, yep, they're dating. Here's an assessment. Oh, yep, he's good. He has, he's a lawyer. He has his own practice. He has money. Great. And he lives in, like, a better area. That was, like, one of the questions they asked him, right? Like, do you still live on whatever street? He's yeah, like, in the now thing. I live in the new place. <laughs> like, oh, okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. That was a very odd scene to me. And the fact that everybody knew what was happening and they were all just sitting back and watching and Don <laughs> and her friends were like assessing it. Does this mean that they like him? She said this. Does that mean, a, is that a good thing or a bad thing? And they couldn't decide. Anyways. Yeah, I couldn't, well, I couldn't decide if that was realistic or not that 12 year olds would be hyper aware of how do these grandparents feel about the parents because on the one hand I do think it is the sort of thing that a child is more attuned to in terms of like how do my grandparents that I really like feel about these other people that I really like but on the other hand it just seemed so targeted and outside of their own personal sphere which is a 12 year old girl you're perhaps not thinking about so much so, I don't know. Yeah. At, a, at a large gathering like that, I can see them off, you know, painting their nails or doing... Dumping in the hay. Or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and not paying attention to what adults are talking about and doing, but... Yeah, totally. I realized when I finished this book, I should have had on a guest whose parents were divorced at a young age. I was like, oh, oh. I had Margaret. Whoops. Oh, well. Sorry. Oh, well. Okay. Uh, yeah, so we talked a little bit about the Barretts. Uh, we talked a little bit about the Christy Dawn thing that is fairly quickly resolved. Did you have any thoughts on Mallory? Mallory Pike, who's going to loom large coming soon. You can become a um, member of the Babysitter's Club in her own right. Mallory? No. No. All right. Let's, <laughs> let's move on. Let's move on. Um, what did she do? She just, I don't, I don't remember her having any significance. She was the one that stopped on from giving her the chocolate brownie, Marnie Barrett. Oh, and then Don. That is like a, a heroic thing. Just like my sibling knows me better than, or my close friend knows me better than any, I don't know. Yeah. Other babysitter person. But. Let's not talk about Mallory. She even sucks the energy from this podcast. <laughs> uh, have you ever given anyone the bizzer sign? I wanted to ask you. <laughs> no. Don't give it to me. I might start crying. Yes, that was... Ugh. I I could feel the annoyance, though, to be honest. Like, reading that word. I was reading it aloud. We went camping and... Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You really... <laughs> let's let's rewind. Okay, you went camping. You brought yeah. Dawn and the Impossible 3 with you. Yeah. Okay. My boyfriend and I went camping and I Tony. was reading... Yeah, and I was reading it aloud. Because I, w- I was reading it to myself or, you know, just while we were sitting there. And he was like, oh, what's happening? You know, sort of as a joke. And then we got really like invested in it. Why like, didn't I have Tony <laughs> joining us on the podcast today? Yeah, sorry. 
you you can repeat it and ask him all the questions. I'm putting him right under Betsy Carroll. I'm like, <laughs> okay, keep going. But anyways, as I was reading that aloud, I I could feel like the annoyance, and I I definitely recalled all of the stupid like fights and things that my brother would have with me and vice versa. So you mean the annoyance of the characters in the book, not the annoyance of Tony that he has to be listening to a babysitter's club book read aloud on his camping vacation. <laughs> yeah, the first one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't even really figure out what the bizzer sign was. You point your index fingers at people? That's it? You just point at them? Yeah. All right. I, I think that was a very realistic thing, actually. Like some older kid doing something to a younger kid that the younger kid doesn't understand or all they understand is this is bad. And so it just upsets them for no, you know, no physical reason or no, it's just like, they're doing a mean thing to me. I don't know any difference, but I know I'm supposed to be sad and angry. Yeah. Wow. This is a deep book in a lot of ways in terms of like emotional trauma. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Well, let me ask you, what did you think of the other characters that we maybe didn't get to see so much of? And I'm thinking here of Claudia and Stacey. Did you have a read on them or do you have opinions on them from before when you went through these books? Um, I don't remind me which is which. Sorry. So yes, Claudia is the vice president. We have the club meetings at her house. Mm -hmm. She likes to hide candy everywhere. Yeah. Uh, Stacy is the treasurer. Like, can't eat candy. She is diabetic. That's the truth about Stacy, and she can't eat any candy. I don't remember exactly what, how it was phrased, but I remember being sad for her not being able to eat candy, but all her friends were like sitting around her, shoving it in her face. <laughs> shoving it in their face um yeah i think i think we go over that a little bit earlier in the series i think in the first book when you meet her it's like a big deal and then it's like yeah i'm diabetic it's fine i think when you're allegedly the prettiest and most stylish member of the group it's like totally cool you know i don't feel bad for her being diabetic i feel bad that her stupid friends are like we don't care about you I don't know. Maybe I would eat candy in front of my diabetic friend if she said it was fine, but yeah, seems a little... Would you eat... I mean, my father, I, as you know, is diabetic. Would you eat candy in front of him, Margaret? He, I... fine. It's fine. The answer is yes. <laughs> I probably would, yeah. I do it all the time. Uh, so yeah, Claudia and Stacy are the ones that are the most stylish. I just wonder if you had any thoughts about the passage describing they've gotten really into their hair and they mix lemon juice and raw eggs and put that in their hair. Did you, is that something that you have done before? That was very odd. No, No. I don't. Obviously, as you can tell from this video, I don't frequently wash my hair. (laughs) Okay. Don't, don't out yourself. It's going to be an audio podcast. Um, but yeah, I've never, I've never done any of those treatment things, but that seemed bad. What about the avocado paste that Dawn wanted to use for her hair? That seemed 
less harmful. Lemon juice on your hair seems like something that would like dry it out and make it, I don't know. But the avocado paste just sounded gross. Not like it would be an damaging, you know, agent or whatever to add. When Don said the thing about how if we put our heads together, we'd have a salad, I I laughed unironically. I thought that was a funny line. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, We also have, we like to stop down on this podcast when there are really great descriptions of outfits. So I'd like to read you, uh, this is on page 81, if everyone following along wants to get their books out. Uh, This is the outfit that Stacey's wearing. I just want to read this to you and get your reaction. Uh, Stacy's looking fabulous as always. She is wearing a simple pink t-shirt under a baggy jumpsuit with big pink and red flowers all over it. Her permed hair bounced over her shoulders. And Dawn, actually this is a two for one, Dawn was wearing blue jean shorts and a white t-shirt that said genius inside. What do you think of these two outfits for these girls? I was thinking, I remember this, I was thinking that Stacy's outfit would probably be accepted nowadays. Okay. The pink <laughs> t-shirt with the baggy... Jumpsuit. Yeah. With red and pink flowers on it. Jumpsuits are very in. Oh, is that all, true? Yeah. All ma- of the cool kids are wearing them. How many jumpsuits do you own? Um... I own three. Is a jumpsuit different than a romper? Um, yeah. A romper is shorts. Oh. A jumpsuit is pants. Okay. We've been watching a lot of uh, Padma Lakshmi's Taste the Nation. Oh. And she wears a lot of jumpsuits. Yeah, see? She is a very fashionable person. That would be your clue right there. Would you wear a white shirt that said genius inside? No. I do not wear very many. Mm, what is that? A monogram T? Or no, what are those called? I, I, I wouldn't know. The, that was very popular when we were in high school. T-shirts with like slogans on them. Thanks to me in large part, I think. Oh, maybe, yeah. <laughs> uh. I think there's a name for those. Anyways, no, I don't. I don't wear things with words on yeah, the shirt often. I'm wearing a Ducktales t-shirt right now that my sister gave me. When's the last time you watched Ducktales? Oh gosh, you know I tried to rewatch it. Oh man, three or four years ago, I put on the first season. It was fine. Didn't they make a new one? Yes. With uh. What's his face from Parks and Rec and... I don't know. Uh, ben Schwartz? I don't know. Jean Ralphio? Who was he in it? He was one of the voices. Of Huey, Dewey, and Louie or Scrooge so. McDuck? I think of Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Who played Launchpad McQuack? I don't know. I didn't oh, okay. watch it. You're the DuckTales fan. I assume you would know. I didn't I didn't watch the revival. I think when I like revisited it and I was only like meh on it, I decided not to even check out the revival. Hmm. I think there was a female 
who voiced one of the Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Well, they have the, is that their cousin? There's that other, like, little girl duck that, like, runs around with them. Oh, well, Daisy? maybe that was right. Is that right? She's like, I, I, I can't even remember. That sounds right. No, Daisy <laughs> Duck is Donald Duck's girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's her name? I don't know. Well, we can look that up later, I guess. Uh, did you watch the, uh, like, Parks and Rec, like, revival thing they did? The quarantine episode or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, I did. It was fine. I don't know why they did the Bye Bye Little Sebastian again. It's their favorite song. He's their favorite guy in the whole world. Give us something new. Tony and I are watching Parks and Rec in between The Wire. We're we're in the of The Wire. Or no, fourth season, like finale of the fourth season of The Wire. And so when we don't have enough time to finish a whole episode, we plug in a Parks and Rec episode. And it's like killing me to watch it so slowly. We're Uh on like episode five. It's the worst. (laughs) When you walk through the garden, yes, no, this, is a, this is like a lady, yeah, because they do it. Oh, yeah, the season four one is really good. The cover, yeah, it's actually, I don't mind listening to it. Whereas the previous three seasons, I like had to skip it or it, I would be sad. No, oh, I like this is a hot take. I like them all, I like all of the covers. Hmm. All right. All right, what else did I have for you here before we move into the game? Uh, and don't worry, the, oh, actually, this is a great segue. The game we're gonna play, it's called Let's All Come In. Have you ever played this game before, Margaret? Oh, no, but it sounded so fun. Are we gonna talk about their weird witch neighbor? Morbid of Destiny? Yes. What would you, let's do it. What would you like to say about Morbid of Destiny? I, I wanted more from that interaction they introduce a witch to us and then she just leaves she asks for a cup of sugar or whatever and then goes back home she wants fennel and coriander is what she asks for yeah whatever that didn't seem odd to me but yeah well she's been in previous books and she's been a real word that rhymes with witch in these previous books where like their cat as you've seen in this book is afraid of her but in, like, previous books, the cat Boo Boo, like, kills a mouse and leaves it on her doorstep. And Morbid of Destiny, I think they hint at this, Morbid of Destiny, like, puts it in a bag and, like, hands it to Marianne. And she's like, you have to get rid of this. And it's like, you already put it in the bag, you old lady. Just throw it away. Like, why are you punishing this 12-year-old girl for a thing a cat did? Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay, so I guess I'll have to go back and read... All, the all of the whole series, to know yeah. Know about morbid of destiny, but yeah, you'll probably get invited back. I'll give you another book. How much is the the plot like a through, you know, thread through all one hundred or whatever? How much uh, do you get from reading multiple? I would say that occasionally you are rewarded with information like this, but of course they also have to stand alone. Um, which is why the early chapters of these books and increasingly so in later books are all about like, that's my friend, Christy. She's bossy. She started the club. That's my friend, Claudia. She's Asian. She likes junk food. They really have to like give you just like the key points of what's Mm -hmm. going on, I think. But um, I do. Go ahead. 
Uh, we're following the Morbidity Destiny storyline very closely here on the Babysitter's Book Club. Uh, Rachel pointed out to me there is a Twitter account someone made of Morbidity Destiny. They haven't tweeted in like 10 years, but I am going to be adding them and messaging them very regularly when we get started. That's so great. Yeah. Wow. I can't wait. So you liked The Witch. I, I didn't like her or dislike her. I just wanted something more from her. Hmm. Like you were saying, there were all these little sort of plots that seemed like something was going to happen. And then immediately they were dead again. So yeah, that was sort of true with her. That's what I thought of when you first mentioned that. It's like, there's a witch in the book and then we don't know anything else about her. Nothing, literally nothing happened. She knocks on the door and then goes home. <laughs> she didn't get her fennel and coriander. Yeah. That would have provided some note of excitement. They could have peeked through the window and watched her stirring it in her pots or something. Yeah, what do you think she's trying to make? Like a a spell to kill the children next door or something? Fennel and coriander, I think, go in sausage. I think she is stuffing sausage. Where'd she get the meat for the sausage? Well... Tune into book six. Yikes. Yikes. Christy <laughs> and the, the cannibalistic morbid destiny. Yeah, I guess so. Well, let's talk more about Let's All Come In, because I think this game is a genius idea. Um, have you ever posed as a hotel guest? Um, no, but I do really like to go to open houses and pretend like I am a potential buyer. Do you have an alias that you deploy when you do that? No, it's usually just whoever I'm with, we think it up at that point. We're sisters or we're married. We just moved here, We, you know, whatever. How um, often do you do this? I thought you were kidding. And then you had like very specific examples. Um, Not super often, but... You know, summer's the time to go buy a house. That's when all the open houses are. Yeah. Okay. I love how I I love open houses. They're so fun. Open houses. When what was the last one you went to? Um, I went to one just down the road with a friend of mine in Sacramento, where you live. Yes. Yeah. Well, I didn't know if I should be saying. Well, we're not going to give them your street address, but we can <laughs> say you live in Sacramento. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so it was in, like, uh, a couple streets away, and my friend was actually buying the house, so it wasn't as fun, but it was, yeah. I would like you to pose as Mrs. Mysterious the next time that you go to a open house with a wig and an eye patch. Yeah, that'd be great. I thought Mrs. Noswimple, Noswimple, I thought that was less inspired by... Hanny Papadakis. I don't remember her. What did she do? She was another little girl that was Karen's friend, and she came over, and she was Mrs. No, I mean, what did Mrs. Oh, Noswimple. She wore high heels, and she checked in first. (laughs) That was it. (laughs) Yeah. I liked this game a lot, and I was definitely jealous of their, like, make-believe uh, trunk or whatever, where they were pulling all of the clothes out of. Oh, because they're always, rich AF, yeah. 
yeah, I've always had wanted a very good uh, costume trunk or whatever when I was younger. Yeah, I'm thinking if I reach, I was going to say like 100. Hell, if I reach 10 episodes, we should do like a special video game of Let's All Come In and I'll be the bell captain and I will just invite all of the former guests on Zoom and you'll have to like dress up and you, uh, I need a room, and then I sign you in, and that's the whole podcast. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We're going to keep an eye on that for Let's All Come In. Um, better than the Puddle Walk game. If you throw a worm, you have to eat it. That didn't sound very fun to me at all. Yeah. He was not a nice brother. But that was sort of the only instance where there was like a teasing brother-sister kind of relationship, right? Are you forgetting about the bizarre sign? Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. Bzzz. Mm-hmm. I got you. Yeah. Don't start crying, Margaret. We're still recording. <laughs> oh. Well, yeah, yeah, and I guess also the time when they were playing with the colored water. Oh, oh okay. I didn't know where you are going with that. Yeah, colored water, yeah. <laughs> the... Yeah, and he dumped it on her head. So, yeah, never mind. I take that back. But overall, he's, like, kind of a pushover. Uh, very, a very individual kind of... Don's, like, no guns. And he's like, okay, no guns. Like, he doesn't ever really push back on the rules that he's given, I feel like. Yeah. Now, he, at one point, goes, like, running around in swimming flippers as a former professional lifeguard, Margaret. How easy would that be to walk in swimming Super flippers? Super hard. It would be super hard because when we were training with, with flippers or whatever fins, they were like the short fins, but I would imagine if they have them around their house, they're like snorkeling ones, which are the super duper long ones, which are even more difficult to walk in. So the fact that he got anywhere when he was, outside or inside or anywhere was very I actually thought of that when I was reading that like there's no way that he could walk yeah I believe that Dawn says the first time she meets him he comes galloping up to her wearing swim flippers yeah and then Marianne lets him go walk the dog while he's wearing them which seems even crazier yeah yeah impossible impossible I I call impossible all right we'll tweet Anna Martin about that one um, okay. Well, Margaret, before we get into the horrifically named back matter of the book and our game for today, was there anything else that you wanted to say about Don and the Impossible Podcast, this book that we read? Anything that I forgot? Um, their, uh, like vegetarian diet being from California. Yes, yes very interesting to me because I could I could see how in the 80s that would be a very shocking like what are they eating what are they talking about tofu what mm-hmm. yeah yeah but that was fun I actually liked all of those kind of little instances where like at the picnic before the picnic when she says you know mom some people actually don't like tofu <laughs> And raw vegetables, the horror. <laughs> yeah. I, that was where I found some joy. 
yeah that's all was that the only place you found the joy that makes me very sad well no you were talking about something that made you actually like really laugh and oh you enjoyed the yeah that was where i found my my little laugh but no i'm surprised how how hooked on it i was oh yeah how much i wanted to go back and continue to read it and I didn't know if it was going to be just kind of like, I'm doing this, I'm reading this book because my friend asked me to do that. And, yeah. But I was like into it. I, we had to finish it and Tony had to find out what happened too. <laughs> All right. I'm putting Tony. You might have just bumped yourself from a, pre, uh, for a future podcast. <laughs> Tony on my list. What's Tony's last name? Are you allowed Morris. to say? What is it? Morris. Morris. Tony Morris. Tony Morris, son. He'll never come on your podcast. What? Why not? <laughs> because he doesn't like the Babysitter's Club. Oh, well, he, he didn't enjoy the book? No, he loved it. He he was very invested, actually, but he mm. would not... I don't, I don't think he would enjoy the environment. He would not know what to say. He would not know how to act. And he would want your podcast to be great. And mm-hmm. I don't know. But you, you should ask him, though. I'm going to. I, uh, you've seen how, like, horribly rigid and full of rules and formal this podcast is. I hate to, yeah. uh, hate to bring him on. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he's on my list. He's on my list. Right after Coach Kifferini, <laughs> who I'm going to ask to talk about your babysitting skills. And Betsy Carroll, <laughs> we're moving on to Tony Morris. Why he fired me. <laughs> Did he really fire you? He... I babysat for him one time and then it was the end. (laughs) He did preface my initial hiring as I like to, um, I forget what he said exactly, but he, he liked to have multiple people. He liked to spread his babysitting money payments around. So he hired a lot of people, he said. Um, but his kid never fell asleep. I literally sat in the bedroom with this small child and like just for hours and hours and hours. And this other poor child, there were two total, obviously. So this other one was in his room playing, doing whatever. And I never saw him because the other one, I was just trying to get it to go to sleep and and get it I, to go to sleep. Yes. And I finally, <laughs> I finally thought that he fell asleep. And so I was like in the living room watching like, you know, friends or whatever on low. And they came home and his wife said, oh, thank you so much. And I was like getting my stuff together and she went into the room and the kid was awake. Ah. And it was like two o'clock in the morning. So he had been awake all day all night long yeah so that was my saying it back to you now it sounds kind of stupid that that would be the reason you fired me (laughs) (laughs) i if there's one thing i've learned from the babysitters club franchise parents are fiercely loyal to the babysitters that they choose so i don't know i don't know who to believe we'll get him on here to straighten this whole thing out i think (laughs) yeah uh uh, you know, I'm going to have your uh, close friend Lauren on in a couple weeks. Really? I did. I messaged her the other day. She wants That's to do it. Oh, so great. I sent her a book. That's so cool. What she told me to tell you hi. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Tell her hi. Well. How the heck are you? 
have you read number five? It's so great. I'll tell her that's your message. I'll send her the link to this podcast. <laughs> she can just hear the whole thing. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, let's talk a little bit. We've already, we jumped ahead a little bit. We discussed the cover art. Did you have any, because we have two different editions, did you have any other thoughts on the cover art on your book? Uh, they tend to be pretty rough sometimes. Is there anything that you wanted to just highlight looking at your original version? Yeah, I mean, I think the only thing, we talked about the title not really matching, but I have this I, little blurb, Dawn thought she'd be babysitting, not monster sitting. I have the same blurb. Yeah, same, just kind of, I, it sets the wrong expectation. She's totally. making the same face and expression that I imagine people make when I ask them to be on this podcast, where she's like, and I'll, I, uh, for the audio, it's not very good. I'll put a picture of that on our Instagram, but she's like, uh, <laughs> Like, hand on her head, like, very pained expression. Wait, put yours up to the... Here, do you want to yeah, see it again? Can you see it okay? She's, like, worried in yours. Yeah. What is in she... Mine, she's, like, exasperated. Like, these kids again. Oh, yeah. Wow, she looks like she's older than Mrs. Barrett in that photo. Yeah. That's the other thing. I don't like, think Look at her outfit. So great. I don't think the illustrators know how to draw people. Because you have the same thing going on. All the children look like monsters. Monster sitting. They all look like they're 40, but in like tiny little bodies. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you can put the book down now. There's a thing at the back here uh, that I have in my special edition that unfortunately you don't have in yours. Uh, These are the Babysitter's Club notebook pages. Um, so I, I try to send the guests the special edition because it's fun when you get a used copy and they've already been filled out, uh, to read over some of the answers. This has already been filled out. It's from my cousin Jen though, from who I got all these books from. So I'll only interject if she has a particularly funny answer. Um, but I thought maybe we could just go over this real quick and do it together. Do you have time for that? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so the Babysitter's Club book belongs to Margaret, Jeremy, whatever. Uh, you are blank years old. I want to ask you your age. You're in, which grade are you in, Margaret? Um, I have graduated. Oh, boy. Grade. Okay. All right. Uh, you got this Babysitter's Club book from me, I would assume. Uh, when did you start reading it? Uh, last weekend on okay. Saturday. When did you finish reading it? Or on Friday. Um, Sunday. Yeah. And you were really worried. You were like, oh, I'll never have time to finish a whole book. Yeah. And I had to really explain to you, like, the giant prints and the uh, sixth grade, fourth grade level that these are written on. Uh, the place where I read most of this book is? In, uh, at Kit Carson Campground near Markleyville, California. Where in the world is that? It's on the east side of the Sierras. Okay. Like, Near Tahoe. You drive up to Tahoe and then go on 88 or 89 over. Are there fire problems there or are you guys avoiding that? There were not fire problems, That's which good. was so good when we went because in Sacramento, it was like the unhealthy air index was at like 182 or something. Yeah. 300 is like you're dying. What is it in LA normally? I have no idea. Oh, okay. You don't <laughs> consistently look at the quality. I, I do not. I'm trying to run a podcast down here. Anyways, it was so nice. It was 51 air quality when we oh, were there. Oh, that's good. Yeah. We went up to Monterey a couple weekends ago. Um, and that's where, it, and it, it was right before the fires. 
So like, oh. we went up there and then we drove. Well, I got engaged. Did I tell you that? <gasps> really? Oh yeah, we're engaged. Now. Why didn't you begin with that? I probably meant to tell you on this podcast, and then I just got so busy in my head with all the other. Oh things. my gosh, that's so exciting! Yeah, we'll send you a picture of the ring. Send me all the photos. I will send you a few. Uh, we're gonna try to. I think we're gonna try to hire like a like an undergraduate that we can pay cheap when the session starts again here at UCSB to like take fake engagement photos of us. Cause you can't really in the time of COVID even ask a stranger like, Oh, Hey, can you take a picture of us? You know? So we, yeah. we really don't have any photos of the actual. Oh, yeah. I see. Yeah. Uh, what was your favorite part of the book? My favorite part was. My favorite part. I can uh, tell you my cousin wrote when Dawn sat for the Barretts, which is very. Not- <laughs> <laughs> she was 13 when she filled this out for reference. <laughs> I I think I liked uh well I liked learning about Don's weird house. Oh yeah, we didn't even really talk more about the like old farmhouse that she bought. Yeah. yeah. That was interesting and how all the people were short yeah. that lived in her house and, and all of that. That was interesting to me. Um and her her constant comments on the weather. Oh yeah, Dawn, she's from California. Health, food, and warm weather. Yeah. That's all that Anna Martin knows about California. Yeah, that was, well, I guess we're talking about my favorite part. That wasn't yeah. my least favorite part. Um, and uh, yeah, the, I think the kidnapping was my favorite just because it was like something was actually happening. There was a, a you know, climax or something out of, but anyways. Yeah, I was going to say either the salad dressing joke that I've already made or <laughs> the, like, 20 seconds between when the kid is kidnapped and then I realized the obvious solution. I was, like, gripped. I was like, oh, let's get out of it. And I'm like, oh, yeah. It was, yeah. yeah. I made my ham face when I heard about that. If I could change anything in the story, it might be when... And uh, Jen wrote, Christi- when Christie's mean to Dawn, is what Jen didn't like about the book. Uh, if I could change anything in the story. More would happen. I think we've already covered, yeah. that'd be my answer. Yeah. I I think I would need some more strong female role models in there. I hmm. just, that was just the worst to me. Yeah. Like, all of these mothers being useless humans. I thought Mrs. Pike did a good job. Again, I'll stand up for Mrs. Yes, Pike. Mrs. Pike was fine, but... Yeah. <laughs> Maybe everyone else. <laughs> uh, my favorite character in the Babysitter's Club is... Um, my favorite character... Probably Buddy... Well, I think you have to pick one of the five. My favorite character in the oh, Babysitter's Club. In the club? Oh, yeah. geez. I, I can't believe Buddy Barrett, though, is your favorite character. <laughs> <laughs> you should start a spinoff podcast that's all about Buddy Barrett. <laughs> <laughs> Very short. Does he reappear? Do the kids reappear? Yes, yes. It's like, oh, I'm sitting for the Barretts this time. Here oh. we go. We know that Marnie is allergic to chocolate. Yeah. They'll they'll do that. They'll do that again. Okay. Um, I don't know. I think Dawn, she's the only one I feel like I know very well. Christy okay. seems whiny and Marianne seems useless, and then I don't know the other two. So 
The Babysitter's Club member I am most like is... I think Don is who we decided. But again, I don't know about the other ones. But you yeah. agreed. So I feel good about No, that. I agree. And Jen also wrote Don. She wrote, because I am from California and I heart health food was Jen's. Really? Name. Yeah. She was annoying what? about that, as I recall. What was... small child hearts health food? My cousin. She'll be on the <laughs> And if I could write a Babysitter's Club book, it would be about... What would you like to see the Babysitter's Club book focus on? Um... I like all of these serious social issues that they are uh, sort of slightly touching on. Like, divorce. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Divorce, mm-hmm. kidnapping. Uh, is a social issue. Emotional <laughs> uh, stunting of parents and I don't know. Yeah. Something like domestic violence or something oh my god I'm, i think i'm really dark. yeah i'm gonna be i'm gonna be into don's dark series probably okay I'm well when, go check that out. when we get there in four years i'll make you one to <laughs> guess okay uh we're only halfway done because that was only the first half of these questions now the other set of questions are more specific to this book buddy marty and Susie give don such a hard time that she calls them the impossible three which i don't think ever actually happens in the book that's my editorial. It doesn't actually say that. When I have to deal with impossible kids, what do you do, Margaret? Oh, man. You try to make them go to sleep and then watch Friends. Yeah. Ugh. I, I, I would like to retract that I actually ever watched Friends. But anyways. I thought um, you said Fringe. I was going to give you more credit. Oh, no. Friends. No, no I didn't. Um, uh, I don't know. Give them back to their mother. I don't. <laughs> I I like kids, but I'm not. I don't do well with fussing children. Yeah, Jen wrote, I'm really nice to them. So it's a low bar <laughs> for your answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, the most impossible kids I know are... I don't want to be outing people here. No, you don't have no, to. No, it's the people next door. The people that live next door to me. Their house is in like an L shape around, or the, the yard is in like an L shape around our yard. Okay. And um, so basically anywhere they are, I know what's happening to them. And they're noisy. They're the ones, the impossible ones. That's no good. You should give them the bizzer sign the next time <laughs> you see them. <laughs> Make them cry. Uh, the best kids I know are... <clears throat> I just want to say Jen said me, Jeremy and Nikki, me and my sister. Really? Yeah. You didn't write this beforehand. I didn't. I swear to God, it's all in her handwriting. <laughs> <laughs> um, the best children I know, Hillary Tui. Her Ooh, children. Tui. Hillary yeah. Falk, Chloe oh. Falk's sister. Hillary uh, Tui Nay Falk, is that how you'd say it? Mm-hmm. Kids? Mm-hmm. Oh. They're the cutest and the best. I've already told you about the crush I had on her in junior high. Um, and why do you like them? They're the cutest and the best? Yeah. Okay. I'll send you some videos and you can post them on your <laughs> I'm whatever sure, I'm sure Hillary Tui Nay Falk <laughs> would love that. Do you think I can get her on the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Christy doesn't like Dawn at first, but then becomes her friend. 
one person I didn't like at first, but I'm now friends with is, you can't say me, Margaret. <laughs> you have to pick somebody else. Somebody I didn't like at first and then became friends with. Oh my gosh. I uh, Jen shows that. Amanda. That was her answer in the book. I don't have any friends. Yeah. I don't, I'm going to have to pass. I don't know. I can't okay. think of one. Amanda probably. Amanda. One person who doesn't like me, but who I would want to be friends with is, and Jen shows Gretchen. So you're not allowed to choose Gretchen. <laughs> um, I don't know. Someone yeah. who doesn't like me but I want to be friends with. I want to be friends with everybody. Who could not be, like you, Margaret? Who could not like you? I want like to be you? everyone's friend, taking friend invitations, send them my way, and Every- then I'll judge you and probably not be your friend, but I'd oh, like the opportunity. Everybody likes you, Margaret. Okay. Uh, I mean, I'll go through this quick because I want to get to the other game, which I'm now going to be calling Let's All Come In for the rest of the podcast. Uh, you're missing out on Dawn's scrapbook which wow. also comes with the extended edition. You get some poorly drawn renderings of Dawn's life. Can you see those okay? Yeah, so she's on the beach, and then I didn't yeah. see the bottom two. What are those ones? Uh, my very own secret passage in Ghost. So that's a bit of a spoiler for the Dawn mystery. Oh my gosh. And then a bit of a spoiler for a super special starring the BSC tryouts for Peter Pan, where they put on a play. That's going to be oh, another wow. super special that we have. That sounds fun. Yeah. And then really all you're missing, uh, you already had the order form for further Babysitter's Club books. Did you have the ad to join the all-new Babysitter's Club fan club? Has anyone ordered a book? I don't um, have an ad, no. So for one year, for eight ninety five plus $2 postage and handling, you want to hear what you get? You mm-hmm. sign up. You get a hot pink digital watch. You get a cool BSC mood ring. Wow. You get a BSC name and address book. You get to hear Anne Martin on tape, if you can believe it. And a one-of-a-kind map of Stony Brook, a photo strip of Anne Martin, and an official BSC newsletter sent to you regularly. Wow. Yeah, there's a lot. And then there's creepy dolls in the back that you can buy. Sign me up Yeah. for the... Fan club, not the dog. It's too bad. It's too bad. Okay. Well. Is that still active? Have you given any of these people money to see if you can enroll? Given any of who fan? money? These people that run the fan clubs? club? No, I have not. Buy, buy more books from Scholastic Inc. in Jefferson, Missouri? Do you think they're still around? Like, are there still Scholastic book fairs? I'm sure. There have to be. I brought so much money and spent so much money at those stupid things. God. Well, I'm trying to get my money's worth today, making this podcast. Um, Okay, so we only have one more game to play, which I am going to be calling Let's All Come In for the rest of the podcast run. Oh, did you take that? Sorry, no. No, that's okay. Okay. Is that your parents? No. Okay. So we have one more game, if you're up for it. Do you have a few more minutes? Yes. Okay. So, uh, Margaret, you might be aware of this game. You're one of the few guests that might already know what we're about to do here. But the babysitters, as they did in the first book, often like to celebrate or end momentous occasions with a sleepover. Um, And what better sleepover game than the sassy experience? I believe you sat in on this one time. Is that right? Yes. Yes. After a murder party, I was very drunk, so I don't remember a lot of it. 
But basically what we're doing is for every guest, we end the podcast with a sassy card. Uh, For some reason, the cards are numbered. So we match the number to the book you were asked to read. So I have card number five right here. And we're just going to run through it. How do you feel about that? So good. Okay, here we go. So the first two questions are going to be multiple choice. There is a correct answer. So no one has gone 0 for 2 yet. Most people go 1 for 2. I believe my sister went 2 for 2. I'd have to check the records. But uh, no one has struck out, I don't believe. So don't be the first, okay? Uh Uh-oh. Okay, here we go. First question. You ready? Paul Beattie. Do you know who that is? Uh... Paul Beatty. I don't think so. B-E-A-T-T-Y. I'm assuming you pronounce it like Warren Beatty. Is it Beatty? Paul Beatty? Is he relevant to the question? He is the whole question. Paul Beatty is A, a heavy metal rocker, (laughs) B, a hip-hop poet, or C, a student activist. Who is Paul Beatty? You can talk it out if you need to. Um... I'm going to say C. A student activist? Yes. That you're, you're going to lock that in? I think so, yes. Oh, I'm afraid that is incorrect. Paul Beatty is a hip-hop poet. Oh, I was never going to pick that, so that's okay. good. Right. A hip-hop poet. I'll have to look him up. I feel like I jinxed you. Now you're in danger of the uh, over two yeah. curse here. Okay, uh, one more question. Ready? If you feel faint... It's because A, you're tired. B, your body is starved for food. Or C, your brain isn't getting enough oxygen. Why do you feel faint? Oh my God. Now you were a biology major, true or false? <laughs> true. Okay. <clears throat> oh, you got that one right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> one for three. Uh, can you read B and C again to me? Sure. Please? Why do you why do you feel faint? Yes, why do you feel faint? A, you're tired. B, your body is starved for food. C, your brain isn't getting enough oxygen. Um, I'm going to say B. Your body is starved for food. Margaret, I'm afraid that is incorrect. <laughs> your brain isn't getting enough oxygen. Okay. I nice. would argue that well, you're going to have to take it up with the good people at the Sassy Experience game from 30 years ago. <laughs> okay. So the next question, people in your life, this is also going to be multiple choice, but it's, there's no right answer. This is to spark conversation, okay? Margaret, who's the most important person in your life? Is it A, your mother, B, your father, or C, your best friends? Um, probably my mother. I don't okay. like that it's the Bet's the great Betsy Carroll. Betsy Carroll, yeah. Yeah. You mentioned. Yeah. Um, you should tell her how largely she looms over this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think probably her. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I didn't... I didn't really, I don't know. Lots of people have like a best friend relationship with their mother or father. Yeah. And my mom was never really like that. We didn't wear the same clothes or, you know, whatever. But um, yeah, recently in my, as I have become an adult. A Mrs. Barrett. (laughs) 
we have bonded over adult type things so yeah that's great say a okay yeah well that's fine you you didn't like that this one was multiple choice is that what you said yeah i didn't i think people can have other choices as the most important person no it's one of those three what if they have no parents what if they're (laughs) what if they're divorced children of divorce (laughs) yeah uh then you should be ashamed of yourself okay we're halfway done with the sassy card. What do you think so far? I love the sassy game. Let's all sassy in. I am still workshopping the name of the game, trying to use the Karen title. Let's okay. all sassy in. So this category is called help. So this is where you're going to hear from a sassy reader who is writing in for advice, and you're going to help advise them, okay? And there is an answer on the back of the card. So you're trying to match the answer that the sassy experience gave. Okay. Dear Margaret, I'm afraid to go out of my house and be in public. (laughs) Very relevant. I know this is stupid and I need help. To whom should I turn? That's the answer. You have to answer the question now. No explanation. Why? Give this poor child advice. They're afraid to go out of the house and be in public. They need help. Um, I would say... Talk to the people that you trust in your life, whether that be your parents or your whoever you're living with, and see if they can help you to overcome this fear. Um, Also, I think it's important that you define what the fear actually is, if it's the people or it's the sun or whatever else is outside um that way you can focus on correcting whatever that issue is with the people that you trust in your life that was great your answer is much better than what's on the back of the card uh the trend what i remember you should confide in your parents if they feel unable to help ask them to find a professional counselor to resolve the problem you nailed it you nailed it You could have been a sassy correspondent. Okay, this one is going to be a time trial, okay? Are you ready? Oh, geez. You only have 30 seconds, okay? What do I do? Just answer a question? I'm going to give you a question, and you have 30 seconds to answer it, okay? Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. (laughs) The question starts with okay. Okay, it's 10 years from now, and you have six kids. What are their names? Oh, gosh. Um, oh, I should have started the clock. Here we go. Uh, this counts out of your 30 seconds. So you better oh my be gosh. hurrying. I, six children? Oh my gosh. Uh, uh, Gwen. Okay, Gwen. Um, you got like 20 Nicholas. seconds left. Nicholas. Gwen Nicholas. Uh, 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 five seconds. Five seconds. Uh, Eleanor. Um, Martha. No, that was more. That was more than enough time. Okay, we got four: Gwen, Nicholas, Eleanor, and Martha. Martha was a panic choice. I'd like you yeah. to scratch that from the record. Have you watched any of Martha Stewart's new show, by the way? With Snoop Dogg. Yeah, uh, he's on it, but it's uh, what's it called? Martha knows best. No. Oh, it's wild. You should check it out. It's hilarious. 
Okay. Okay. You failed at the perhaps the easiest question on the card. Oh my gosh. Okay. Last I question. Pick just random names. I thought of plenty of names, but they were all the names that I hate that I would never name my children. What were some of the names that you thought of that you rejected? Dorothy. Okay. Um, Dorothy. Uh, it's just the one name you thought of and rejected. Joshua. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm trying to think of Mary, Kimberly, Bethany. Uh, yeah. Anyways, I thought of a lot of names that I don't want. Anyways, go ahead. You're gonna offend a lot of listeners. Okay. <laughs> Last question. It happened to me. Tell the most vivid memory you have of when you were a child. And why do you still remember it? The most vivid memory I have. Um, when I broke my collarbone. Oh my God. Playing Duck, Duck, Goose. It's a very competitive game. In second grade. <laughs> yeah, walk me through this. <laughs> um, we're all in a circle. Sure. I was ducking the geese or whatever, duck, 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 duck. Um, I goosed on Scotty Garrido. Not Scotty Garrido. And so I started running. He was the fastest in our class. Okay. And those were salad days for Scotty Garrido. He reached out to (laughs) tag me, he pushed me, and I fell onto my shoulder and I broke my collarbone, but I didn't tell anyone about it until I was picked up from the like after school thing, uh, after school, you know, program or whatever Yeah, at like six o'clock. So I, yeah, just like, and actually speaking of Lauren Clifford, she, um, asked me several times that day like are you okay and i told her like no my eyes are just watering i'm fine oh no yeah mm-hmm. wow so she was right there mm-hmm. i'm gonna ask her if she can further recount this experience right. when i talk to her yeah so yeah. what happened you went to the they took you to the hospital or what the they hospital do? and they gave me a brace And it made me look like a football player. I had to wear it underneath my shirt. How long did you have to wear that? Um, I don't remember the timeline, but it Mm. was scarring. It seemed like forever. And then your dad kicked Scotty Greta's ass. Is that what happened next? Correct, yes. Scotty is now dead. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) I don't think that's true. (laughs) Now he goes by Scott. Yeah. That's a pretty good one. I, I was trying to think of I had an answer for that. I don't feel like I have. I'm sure they're all like moments of extreme like shame and embarrassment as like a second and third grader. Yeah, I Some, wasn't going to share any of those. Yeah, that's fine. I'm, I think the most vivid ones are probably like the like the ones that are most like emotionally traumatic. Yeah. yeah. You don't remember any of the good stuff. You just remember the scarred, the scarring things. Yeah. Well, that's a good note to maybe end the podcast on. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this was a lot of fun for me, Margaret. Did you enjoy it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Totally. I had I had a great time. Um, you're meeting with your parents uh, soon. Is that true? 
Um, I don't know. My mom has a hammer dulcimer lesson that she needs to finish up. All right, let's uh, let's let's back up. What is that? <laughs> it's like uh oh geez, how do you explain it? It's like kind of like a harp that's on its side. And it has it it sits on its side kind of and you like hit the strings with these little they're called hammers these little wooden things yeah and uh yeah she takes all these like zoom classes and um anyways that's what i'm waiting on them to finish up she's <laughs> she's had a, a day long kind of uh like festival that she's been participating in and <laughs> a day long hammer dulcimer festival get out of here yeah. So anyway, she has to finish that and then I'll be here. So Can I, I can I hang special. out on the call? Can we let the podcast run into the conversation? I think your mom might be the new permanent co-host. I think it might be me. I'm like the David Letterman and she's like the band leader, like the Paul Schaefer, <laughs> where I'll like make a joke and then I'll go over to her and she'll like play a few notes on mm-hmm. the hammer dulcimer. She would be happy to do that. That'd be great. Yeah, I'm gonna put her in the Give rotation. Some exposure to the hammer dulcimer. I think she—that's generally what she fights for in the her day to day. It's just teaching people about the hammer dulcimer. That's her like big advocacy is Spreading learning more about. Yeah. No. <laughs> I I'm wonder what do you think the Venn diagram is like between people that listen to this podcast and people that play the hammer dulcimer? Do you think it's Way apart? I think they on opposite sides of the I think they might be identical. Is there a Twitter feed where I can promote this that is full of hammer dulcimer enthusiasts? Probably. Yeah. I'm gonna give that a shot. Okay. Well, I won't keep you too long. We do have to go through the uh, typical rigmarole at the end of a podcast. Margaret, where can people find you? Is there anything you want to promote for the folks that might be listening to us today? Um no. Nope. Not if I they have, want to be your friends? I have like an Instagram if people want to hang no. out on that. What is it? Um, I think it's at Margaret A. Carroll, but I, to be honest, I don't. I can't tell you for certain. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll put it in the show notes when you figure it out. Uh, how do people get in touch with Betsy Carroll if they're interested in Hammer Dulcimer? Um, she's on Facebook briefly <laughs> yeah <laughs> once every few months she logs in and clears her notification yeah <laughs> otherwise i can i can text her so you just hit me so get with margaret on at margaret a carol maybe on instagram <laughs> if you're interested in the hammer dulcimer uh what about coach pifferini where do we message him if we have further questions as far as i know he's still just hanging at el dorado high school lifting yeah. weights and yelling at football players. I don't know. Yeah. I was going to say something mean about high school gym teachers, but I didn't. Uh, so for the podcast, you can of course reach us. Uh, Margaret, did you know about this? We have nailed, uh, we are uh, on Gmail. We are the babysitters book club at gmail.com. Are you getting a lot of mail? No. Well, I, we haven't actually launched the podcast yet, so maybe okay. we will, but you need all the words in there. The Babysitter's Book Club at gmail.com if you're going to message us. We're also on Twitter and on Instagram at babysittersbc 
as in book club at babysitters bc oh man following now yeah it's i think it's completely empty right now though my sister just like sent me a design she made i think i'm gonna let my sister be our social media manager that's great yeah so you can check us out there uh margaret this was so great thank you for taking the time to chat with us on your weekend and talk to us about don and the impossible podcast this was a lot of fun anytime i would love to read a million babysitters club books well discuss them with you you've come to the right place will you be listening to the podcast even the episodes you're not on yeah totally okay i like the sound of that all right i mean how many are you doing total because well, all of them but we're we're gonna have one for every book so we've done four so far you're number five what was that 300 total uh we can only hope we can only hope okay well thank you so much for being here i really appreciate it Tell Betsy Carroll that we all say hello and that we look forward to hosting her soon. And I will talk to you another time. Okay, goodbye. Thank you, Margaret. And thank you, everyone, for joining us.